0: This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number nine of the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today, I'm talking with Renee Nesbitt. Renee is the owner of Renee E. Nesbitt, attorney at law. Renee, thank you for making time for this. We're really looking forward to hearing all about what you do. So let's start with that. What do you do?
1: Well, thank you for having me, Charlie. I really appreciate it. I am an attorney. I have twenty three years of experience. I'm licensed in Michigan and Florida, and I typically handle estate planning, which is wills and trusts. and and there are other options too that could work for people. Um, I also do probate administration. so I work with the courts, um, helping people handle decedents' final estates, and I do that across the state. And I am a solo practitioner. It is just me. Um, and that's something that I chose to do. Um, there's no secretary between you and me. So when a client calls, they talk to me. And so I feel that I have a more personal relationship with my clients that way.
0: Yeah, I'll bet. I bet you really get to know your clients, which I, I think is so valuable with with certainly estate planning and, and uh, you know, you're not getting, you know, clients aren't getting pushed around with one person and another. So. Good for you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. It, it does. It works really well. So, you know, having that personal relationship with doing estate planning, because it is such a personal thing. We're talking about families and assets. So that relationship does help quite a bit.
0: Wow. Wow. Why did you get into this?
1: Um, you know, when I went to college, I got an accounting degree because I thought <laughs> accounting would be fun. You know what? It's not. It is not that <laughs> much fun. And then my husband's brother decided to go to law school, and he was telling me about how great it was, and he was going to do estate planning and I thought this would be great, so I went back to school i'd been out for ten years, I went back, and I got my law degree so I can do estate planning. The accounting fits in with that so well because you know I'm working with assets and planning that way, and I tend to be a planner that's just how I normally am, so huh. you know. I look for the things that could happen with people's estate plans. You know, what happens if this happens? Who does the money go to? You know, so so with that planning aspect, it fits in really well. And of course, I like to have fun. So I try to make my, my clients also have fun while we're doing estate planning. You know, we're talking unfortunately about people dying but I try to make it as fun as possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: ah, ah. I love that as a tagline, making death fun. <laughs> oh, that's great. But that's a great, you know, a great, great attitude. And, uh, you know, what a great combination to have the, uh, the number side, certainly the planning side. So it sounds like you, you are like, you know, uh, I'm driving along the road and you, you're already three states ahead of me planning, uh, you know, you know, the, the left turns, right turns, and, and all the possibilities.
1: I am. And what is traffic going to do to us? We got to get around the traffic. That's the kind of planner I am. Yes.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. So Renee, what types of myths are there in your industry? What do you hear? What do you run into? And and, uh, maybe you can dispel one or two.
1: Yes. So one of the things that people tend to believe is that only old people need wills, which is almost exactly the opposite, because usually once people have gotten very elderly, um, they have often minimal assets so we can do the planning without any will at all. It's people who have minor children. They really need wills because the wills have the language which tells the court who would be the guardian of their their minor children if they should die. So wills for younger people, are very, very important. Um, the other thing that I hear people think is that wills will avoid probate and it's exactly the opposite. A will is instructions to the probate court. So if you have only a will, your assets are going through probate, which you know, it's it's not terrible, but it's not as efficient as it could be. So there are ways to avoid probate um, using maybe a trust or uh, beneficiary designations, but yep, wills don't avoid probate. <laughs>
0: interesting. interesting, And yeah, at a time where you know, the survivor's world is turned upside down. Yeah, the last thing they need is to have to figure out probate and, and all that madness.
1: Very correct. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. it, it is so difficult that, that their lives have changed so much. And then to have to go through this red tape and, and the court system and get it all done that way. So that is usually one of the things that I look for is, is ways to avoid probate for people.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Renee, I usually ask our guests at this point what they do for fun, but you have so much fun, it sounds like, uh, with what you do. But yeah, you know, yeah. You know, when the office hours are over, what what does Renee do for fun?
1: Well, I am a wife to a CPA, a mother of a 15 year old daughter who is just a joy. She really is. She's not a yeah. typical teenager. Um, she's an accomplished equestrian. So I. Go to a lot of barns and hang out watching horses. Wow. Um, wow. I have a seven year old diva dog. She's a poodle shih tzu and she lives up to her name. Um, <laughs> I also, when I turn 50, because my husband had one of these. I went out and bought a Can-Am Spider. It was my first motorcycle. It's one of the three-wheel ones, two in the front, one in the back. And oh, I learned okay. how to ride it. We go long distance. I got 17,000 miles on that thing already. Do you really? I do. I do. I love riding that. Very
0: cool. Where, um, so uh, name one of the places you've gone to long distance. Where, where? Um,
1: we had them shipped out to Kansas City. We drove to... Lincoln, Nebraska. That was kind of a offset of the trip. We didn't mean to go there. Um, Then we drove. Wait, wait, wait!
0: wait, wait. Did did you get lost, or how'd you end up in Lincoln, Nebraska?
1: (laughs) It was Father's Day. My husband's bike um, had had a problem, and Uh, the only shop we could find open on Father's Day was in Lincoln, Nebraska. And his bike was so bad, we actually had to trade it in and buy a new bike. Right there on our trip. Oh. Because it was the first day of our trip. And his bike had, uh, the Master Clutch, failed. Wow. So we from Lincoln to Custer, South Dakota. Drove around there for a couple days. From South wow. Dakota, we went up through Minnesota, up through the UP of Michigan. Stayed wow. at his parents' for a couple days. or in northern Michigan. And then dra- drove down to um, Kentucky. Did Mammoth Caves. And then to Nashville and dropped them off and had them shipped back thirty one hundred miles with the daughter on the back, who was twelve at the time, and we had the dog with us. She was on the back of my boat, oh, little wow. goggles on. Yep.
0: What an experience. It
1: was a great trip. It really
0: wow. was. <laughs> so what's your next trip?
1: Um we well, we were gonna do um, North Carolina this summer and hit the baseball stadiums. So that's probably not happening. Maybe we'll do Michigan again so we can see the relatives and see what's going
0: on. So for those uh, listening, just in case you're listening to this three years from now or something, uh, we're in the middle of the COVID pandemic. And uh, so, yeah, baseball season, among among other sports, everything is up in the air at the moment. So hopefully things will settle down and you'll still be able to do that trip. Um, Renee, let's uh, let's look at the other side of fun. And, and, uh, although it's, it's, uh, the, the hardship side, you know, can you, it could be personal, it could be business, you know, one hardship that comes to mind that you were able to, uh, overcome.
1: Well, um, I mentioned before that I started with an accounting degree, went back to law school. Well, I've been practicing for 11 years and then my husband's firm gave us the opportunity to move to Naples, Florida. So my Michigan law license doesn't do anything in Florida. Oh. So I had, so I'd been back out of school 11 years. I had to learn Florida law. I had to study. I had to take the bar exam all over again with a three-year-old preschooler. I passed it on the first try. And of course then I had to do, had to start my own law firm. No clients, do a lot of networking and it's turned out really well. I love having my own firm. Um, I've managed to meet a lot of people, do a lot of uh, word of mouth um, Mm. referrals, and Mm. it it turned out just great. So, you know, the thought of coming down with no clients and no law degree, I'm happy it happened.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the way it often works. You're right. You know, you you're in the middle of uh, you know chaos, and and you're going. What the heck am I doing? Why am I here? And and I know in your case, as as I am, you know, we're both introverts. So you know, going to a new location where you don't know anyone and starting a business um, that's that takes a lot to get out of bed in the morning.
1: <laughs> it, it was it, it was difficult, but I did it, and I'm yeah. so happy I did it. It turned
0: out really yeah. well. well. wonderful, great for you. So. Renee, can you share one thing that you wish people knew about your business?
1: Well, you know, people think that I am on my own because maybe I'm not good enough to be at a law firm or such. Um, When I was in Michigan, I worked at um, several very select boutique law firms that did high end estate planning for high net worth people. Um, I even had the opportunity to argue in front of the Michigan Supreme Court with a case that ended up being published. So, you know, I have the skills, I have the experience, I have the knowledge. And when you hire me, you get the sum of all of my experience, plus everything that I've learned from my mentors. So I like to provide all that knowledge to come up with uh, really sensible, cost effective ways and really good service for my clients. So it is just me, but there's so much more to me than just me.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Speaking of you and your firm, Renee, what's the best way our listeners can get a hold of you to learn more?
1: Well, they can go to my website, which is nesbit-law.com. That's N-E-S-B-I-T-law.com. Um, You can drop me an email. That's rnesbitt at nesbitt-law.com. And you can even give me a call 239-249-1072.
0: Very, very good. Very good. Uh, You know, if if I had to repeat my phone number, I I, I don't even think I would remember it. (laughs) Um, So I'm impressed. Uh, (laughs) So Renee, Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being part of the Good Neighbor podcast. And uh, we look forward to checking in with you sometime in the future as well, if you're cool with that.
1: That would be great, Charlie. I really appreciate that you contacted me for this podcast. It was fun. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah,
0: that it was. I promise you fun and you
1: delivered. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, thank you so much.
0: All right. Thank you. Talk to you later, Renee.
1: Okay. Bye.